No Ketchup Chicago. What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Catch-Up Sports Talk via Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little. Big Nick the Quick working today. I'm going to take it from here. couple things I want to talk about. This is how we're going to break it down. First off, happy Friday. We made it. It's still beautiful out here in Chicago. If you're listening from somewhere else in the country, enjoy your weekend. I hope your weather is as good as ours. We're in a little bit of a pennant race out here in Chicago. Cubs playing the cards, so it's a little stressful, but it's still beautiful in the, the best city in the country. couple things I want to talk about. I'm going to do the big stories. I'm going to talk Thursday night football. I want to talk this Gardner Minshew love. I'm going to talk Jalen Ramsey, Thursday night football all together. We're going to go over some other big stories going on over the country. Then we're talking Chicago news. I want to talk about the Cubs, and then we got the Bears, obviously, Playing Monday night prime time. So we're going to focus on Chicago news to close it out. But we're going to do a little national. We're going to do a little local. But it's all going to be uh, cornball free. You know what I'm saying? Let's get to it. Thursday night football. Great concept, terrible football. People say it's better than having no NFL football on Thursdays. Yeah, I get that. It's such bad ball, though. You throw in the weather and that officiating from last night, Titans-Jaguars, it just makes for terrible football. But I'm not going to harp on that. I want to talk about Garner Minshew the second first, and then we'll get into Jalen Ramsey. Now, listen, if you watched the game last night, Garner Minshew was doing his thing. He looked comfortable. He knew where he wanted to go with the rock. And he was dropping that thing in a bucket. He was hitting D.D. Westbrook. Anytime he let it go on a ball down the field, it was in a basket. Tough to drop. But you know me. I'm going to figure out a way to relate all this back to the Bears and Mitch Trubisky. But we'll get there. Another young quarterback pushing it down the field. He was 20 of 30 last night, 204 and two touchdowns. Now listen, 20 of 30, 204 and two touchdowns. Absolutely in no way, shape, or form blow your socks off numbers. And the country loves him. Hop on Twitter and type in Garner Minshew, or just type in Minshew. I don't know anybody else fucking named Minshew, so just type in Minshew. He'll jump right up. Everyone loves him. He hasn't done anything yet. Everybody loves him. I don't even, off the top of my head, I don't know how many points they scored last week, but they lost, and it was like to the Texans, it was like 13-12. He didn't do anything. That was his first start, first full start. Last night was his second full start. But what I'm getting at is if you have a little bit of swagger, some confidence, 
and make a couple throws downfield? Just a couple. He was 20 of 30, 204, two touchdowns. You make a couple throws downfield and you rock a mustache, have a little confidence, some swagger, everyone loves you. You don't have to throw for 360 and four touchdowns like Pat Mahomes. When you do that and you have a little swagger and character, you're the MVP. Pat Mahomes is the MVP. PSA to Mitch Trubisky. You see what happens when you have a little personality, confidence, throw the ball downfield? The whole world loves you. Chicago will love you. Just let it fly, baby. Just let it fly. Minshew was on Scott Van Pelt last night after the game. He shows up in the in the the interview in an American flag headband, mustache rocking, flow is out. Scott Van Pelt can't can't get enough of him. Tell me what it's like to live on this roller coaster ride. The Jaguars have one win and he threw for 200 yards and two touchdowns. But the fact that he has some swagger, he's young, he's a rookie, he seems fearless, doesn't care what people think. Everyone loves him. People are talking about this guy like he's the next big star in the league. Pump the brakes, relax. But this is what happens when you step up in front of on national television, Thursday night football, hop off the plane. This is not from Thursday night, but hop off the plane at some point. I don't even know when this picture's from. Hop off the plane in a red suit with a shiny shirt unbuttoned to your belly button. Everyone loves you. Throwing touchdowns half the problem. If you if the other half of, is getting people to like you, and then you throw a couple touchdowns and you win a little bit, you're in good shape. Mitch, you can do it too. Take notes from Garner Minshew. <laughs> I feel kind of bad because I related all to the Bears and Mitch Trubisky, but it's the facts. That's facts only. They're always looking to crown the next young thing, young quarterback, especially if you have some character. Perfect example is Lamar Jackson. He went from Heisman winner to not to, to people don't want to recognize him as a quarterback. Then he started to, to make a little progress at the end of last year. Now they're comparing him to Pat Mahomes. Is this the next rivalry? They're always looking to crown you. Just make some plays. Have some character. Have some confidence. Simple as that. Let's switch over to Jalen Ramsey. What an interesting situation this is. These NFL boys starting to look like NBA boys, and I love it. <laughs> the boys, hey, man, I want out of here. Get me out of here, bro. Your organization's trash. Your coach is talking to me. I don't like the coach like that. We ain't winning games. All I do is lock boys up. Let me out of here, man. 
Y'all ain't shit over here in Jacksonville. Get me out of here. Minshu, Jinshu, I don't care. Send me to Kansas City. <laughs> He's not going for none of that. Jalen wants to win, period, point blank. Is he worth two first-round picks? What? Of course he is. He's played in every game since 2016, since he came in the league. He's one of the premier corners in the league, period. And this is him playing on a team he doesn't even want to be on. Imagine how locked in and his production is going to be when he lands in a city he wants to play for. You see it all the time. A player gets a change of scenery from a spot that he doesn't want to be in to a place where he goes where he's confident in the organization, the coach, feels like he has a chance to win. Production, lock-in, focus, goes way up. It goes way up. Listen to this number. Jalen Ramsey was targeted 120 times while covering A.B. Antonio Brown, T.Y. Hilton, Tyreek Hill, Odell Beckham Jr., DeAndre Hopkins. He's allowed a 69 passer rating. The rest of the NFL against Antonio Brown, T.Y. Hilton, Tyreek Hill, Odell Beckham Jr., DeAndre Hopkins has allowed a 104 rating when covering that same group. Nobody in the world can stick those guys. Jalen Ramsey can. Simple. Is he worth two first-round picks? If you're trying to win a championship and you're a team like Kansas City, of course he is. Of course he is. It's not even a discussion. You got everything else in place. You can add another Hall of Fame-type talent like Jalen Ramsey to your defense when your offense is loaded like it is. Of course he is. Give up two ones. You saw what Khalil Mack did to the Bears' defense. Give up the picks. It's a game changer. 120 times he was targeted guarding A.B., T.Y. Hilton, Tyreek, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, DeAndre Hopkins. He gives up a 69 passer rating. The rest of the league gives up 104. No one can stick those dudes. Jalen Ramsey has a shot. Deion Sanders had some really interesting comments on the Jalen Ramsey situation and primetime corners, big-time corners on bad teams always getting out and trying to get to another team. Dion laid it out. I, I hadn't even thought about this. Dion, the best corner of all time, in my opinion, had some interesting thoughts. Interesting thoughts. This is Deion Sanders on Jalen Ramsey trying to get out of Jacksonville. This question because I have never seen a great corner, a corner with a lot of potential, a corner who's destined for the Hall of Fame, a corner who's a flat-out baller shot caller, remain in that same city and get paid. Let me see. Charles Woodson. Yeah, yeah. D'Angelo Hall. <laughs> Prime. Rod Woodson. Darrell Reeves, you you want to stop me or should I keep going? But see, why? the problem is, D'Angelo, okay. is that when you're a great corner 
on a bad team, you have no value. And they don't see all your ability and capabilities because nevertheless, the conclusion of the matter is no matter how good you do, you still going to lose. Now it's frustrating to Jalen and he's exuding all his frustration on a public stage and that ain't good for Jalen. Yeah, how this should play out, they got to let him go. You think they so? They got to let him go. Yeah, no way. They got to let him go. Come on. Prime is no way they, they can let him go. The reason they got to let him go, because it's a no-win situation. They ain't going to win. You don't have a quarterback. Foles gone. You're not going to win. And when you're not going to win, what great player has value? Do you see the way Le'Veon Bell is looking with the Jets? <laughs> it looks bad. He's still balling, but it ain't no win. Let him go, too, while we letting everybody go. Primetime Deion Sanders on the Jalen Ramsey situation. It's interesting. If you're a primetime corner on a girl on a garbage team, and then he essentially closes it with any type of talent on a garbage team, they might do their best and ball out, but they it's tough to make a big, big time impact in football by yourself, especially when you're out on an island playing cornerback. The Jags didn't want did, the Jags had an opportunity to pay Jalen Ramsey the deal he wanted and they didn't. Now the quarterback gets hurt. It's early on Minshew, so relax there. We talked about that already. But Jalen's like, man, I'm not wasting my prime these these big time years. I don't miss any games. I stay healthy. I play hard. I guard the best wide receivers in the league for what? To win five games year in, year out? Nah, man, get me out of here. Call the jet, fuel the jet up. Get me out of here. He talked about calling his agent. And I quote Jalen Ramsey. He said, some disrespectful things were said on their end and made my definitely and made me definitely walk out and call my agent. I said, it's time. My time here in Jacksonville, it's up. It's over with. That's a quote from Draylon. You never want a player, a person, this isn't a job, in a team, organization, whatever, be on the squad, on the team, a part of the, the group that doesn't want to be there. It's better for everybody. You cut ties, get, get the two first-round picks, get whatever you got to get for him, which he's worth. Part ways, let's get it moving. Rappaport, rap sheet, all the big time Schefter, NFL guys are saying if anything's going to happen with Jalen Ramsey, it's going to happen today, Friday, September 20th. Now, another angle, I was, because I, I thought this was an interesting situation. So I was sitting down thinking about this, writing some notes, all types of different angles that can go down. Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, I think that's how you pronounce his first name, Shad. If it's not, I'm a, I apologize, Mr. Khan. <laughs> the owner of the Jaguars is talking about making, he, he said he feels comfortable making Jalen Ramsey the highest paid cornerback in the league. Another angle Jalen can go at this is demand his way out of town and then on the back end be like, yo, but if you give me this deal, 
I'll think about staying for a little bit longer. Sign the new deal, get the new guaranteed money, get the new payday. Then figure out a way out of town another way. I've seen that. I've seen that movie before, too. Sign for the big bread and still get out of town. I'm not saying that's the most morally correct thing to do, but this is the NFL. This is the the most cutthroat business there is out there. One of them, at least. Maybe you sign for the big bread and still figure out a way to get out of town. That's what you tell your agent. Like, hey, if they're going to make me the highest paid corner in the league, I'll take that. And uh, (laughs) I still need you to get me out of town. <laughs> at the, if it's at the end, I, I'll finish out the year. Maybe so we have a little more leverage when Connor Minshew or uh, I don't even I can't remember his first name. I'm I'm already calling him Connor. When Garner Minshew and the the hysteria dies down a little bit and they finish the season with six wins, he's like then he can he can use that leverage of this organization's not going anywhere. I'm not wasting another year here. Now get me out of town. After you sign for the big bread. There's options for Jalen Ramsey. Stay tuned. Around the rest of the NFL should be cracking as well. Week three, it's been an interesting season so far. I'm part of the Circa Millions. I went out to Vegas, registered for that. It's not the Westgate, which is, I think, $1.5 million to win. But uh, in Circa... You, it's, it's called the Circa Million. You can win a million dollars, so I'm part of that. So I got to pick five games every week, and let's just say I'm not off to that good a start. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let's just say that. I'm three and seven going into week three, so I got to have a big week. It's just been an interesting season so far, and I'm really, really, really looking forward to a couple games this Sunday. First off, I'm really fired up that I get to enjoy a Sunday without having the bear stress on my back as well. You know what I'm saying? They play Monday. I get to put those boys completely out of my mind. They get to stress out my Monday and not my Sunday. You know what I'm saying? So I'm excited to watch the rest of the league, and I'm really excited, of course, like everyone else, to watch Baltimore at Kansas City Ravens at Chiefs. Quarterback play. It's a quarterback league. Period. Anytime there's a marquee quarterback matchup, that's where my attention is going to be. That's what I want to watch. Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are the first two quarterbacks in the Super Bowl era to be completing over 70% of their passes with seven-plus touchdowns and no interceptions through the first two weeks. That's big-time numbers. Like I said a couple weeks ago on the pod, Dolphins are not included. Those are big-time numbers. This guy Mahomes is just out of body. He just does shit I've never seen. The the stuff I used to say or I do still say about Aaron Rodgers is Mahomes is starting to get to that level. If you saw that throw against Oakland over the middle of the field, Probably about 45 yards downfield, sidearm on a rope in between two people. It's every week he just shows shit like, man, I don't I don't know if people should be doing that. <laughs> Especially not, what, 23-year-old quarterbacks. It's not supposed to happen like that. 
If you remember last year, these squads went to overtime. Sick game. Mahomes had to complete like a fourth and twenty or something like that, fourth and seventeen, to keep the to keep the game to keep the drive going and give them an opportunity to win. I expect nothing less than this one. Baltimore was initially getting six and a half. Now it's down to I've seen it in some in some books at five. I'm looking at five and a half most places, but it should be a really good game. This is one of those games where I tend to to lean towards red zone when there's when there's not a key matchup I want to watch, I'll just flip on red zone. This will be the game where I figure out a way to watch just this game and just this game alone. I don't have any fantasy squads I got to worry about, none of that. I want to watch the full game of Lamar and Mahomes going head up. You don't get that on red zone. You get a little spritz here and there. Everyone's like, yeah, I watched the game. Like, ah, did you really? You got to lock in and watch the whole game, every play, to really, really get the feel, get what's going on. The small nuances that turn that turn and change the game come from watching the game in its entirety. Another good game should be Chargers hosting the Houston Texans. Because it seems like every week the Chargers got an interesting-ass game. <laughs> no matter what happens, Rivers is throwing picks in the red zone. They they got all types of shit going on. If you watched that game against Detroit last week, I mean, they're missing field goals. All types of shit be happening with San Diego. Excuse me, Los Angeles. I'll probably always call them the San Diego Chargers, but the Los Angeles Chargers, they always got something cracking. Phillip Rivers has 210 consecutive starts since taking over the Chargers job in 06. I didn't even realize that until I was doing a little homework. And that's crazy to see, especially with Roethlisberger out. Eli Manning has now been put on the bench. Thank God for that, by the way. That was a long time coming. He's been garbage for four years, has been living off his name. He's been really, 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 really huff extraordinarily trash Eli Manning has been the last three seasons has absolutely been handcuffed the Giants period point blank they haven't been able to do anything because he won two Super Bowls so let's burn up three years of the franchise because he won two Super Bowls nah he's been garbage he should have been gone shout out Daniel Jones good luck for as much heat as he caught coming in I'm rooting for him. I was even talking shit. But I still root for, I'm I'm gonna still root for my guy. I'll talk shit. I don't think he should have been drafted where he was drafted, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But for him to take all that heat in New York, I hope he comes out and plays well. But I digress. That's impressive. 210 consecutive starts since taking over the Chargers job in 06. Breeze is out as well. So that's impressive. But they always got an interesting game going on. Kind of Houston, too. Houston's always in the middle of an interesting game, too. Week one, they were at New Orleans. All types of shit was going down. That was a good-ass game. Came down to a field goal late. Deshaun Watson threw a touchdown pass late. That was a really, really good game, actually. Then last week, they're playing Jacksonville. Jacksonville ends up going for two to try to win the game. They miss. Houston wins that game. They're 1-1 one one going into week three. But 
These teams usually have a lot of exciting stuff going on. Chargers are missing a bunch of starters, too. So there's, there's going to be some fresh blood in there. Nerves, not knowing what to do. So that should be an exciting game. Those are the top two games I'd want to watch tomorrow. Chargers, Texans, Ravens, Chiefs. Now, Sunday night should be interesting, too. Rams, Browns, but I would pick the Chargers, Texans, and Baltimore Chiefs before. That's number three. The Rams game is number three. Rams, Browns. Should be a lot of big watches in that game. <laughs> but I want to close this NFL little segment on these crazy spreads. Last I saw, the Cowboys were minus 23 against the Dolphins. What a shit show that is. <laughs> And New England's up to like 22, hosting the Jets. Did you hear the sigh? The, I, how can you bet? I mean, I don't understand. I, I get people always want to go against the math. and I mean, people always want to go with the math. And just historically, NFL teams haven't been able to cover these numbers, but I don't think the NFL's seen a team like the Dolphins. They have completely mailed it in. I I don't see how they score any points. Of course you're going to cover the spread if the other team doesn't score any points. That was the thing for New England last week. The spread was 20 points. Okay. Miami's not going to score any points. So Brady and those boys, all they got to do is score 23, 24 points? Huh? I'll take it. Lay them. Lay the points. <laughs> but it's interesting. I've never seen a, a squad tank like that in the NFL. And I don't think it's necessary. You can get a couple pieces and build off of those. You, this is not basketball where you can get one dude. And he can completely change your whole organization. You can get a primetime quarterback in the NFL, an elite guy, and if he has no pieces around him, your team's going to be shit. Period, point blank. Football's not basketball. You need a good organization, good coach, good pieces around everyone to have a fluid organization. But it's always fun to see if they'll cover these numbers. Always. The Chicago Cubs. What a stressful life. <laughs> Cubs fan this year has been, been a stressful life. Tough game last night. Dropped the opening game against the Cardinals. You saw it. 5-4. This guy Flaherty from St. Louis was dealing, dealing. Two-seam fastball at the knees. 98 untouchable he was getting some low strike calls too but they were so borderline and you know Molina was framing them boys so perfectly it was almost unhittable it was it was a work of art we all know about how important this next series coming up with the Cardinals is. And to close the season, we have another series with the Cardinals in St. Louis. 
we know how important this is. I, I just kind of want to get my thoughts out there about how I'm feeling. It was so perfect last night in the bottom of the ninth that we come back from four to one to tie it up. Go to extras and then have Craig Crimble. Craig Kimbrough. I'm so frustrated I can't even say his name. Give up a go-ahead homer and we couldn't we couldn't respond in the bottom of the tenth. You know when you're just not feeling something and you just know it's not going to go your way? I'm a feel guy in a lot of things. And just looking at this squad, I feel like we're not going to win the division. And I'm going to get on this too, and I'm going to get to Craig Krimble as well. St. Louis is also filthy. So I know the Cubs get a lot of the attention about what we can do and what we what we haven't done. St. Louis is also really good. Combined with the injuries, the bad breaks, timely hitting and pitching, it's been such an uphill battle every game, and it rarely goes right, it seems. It's been like that all year. We need to close the year strong. Our best player, Baez, gets hurt. Kimbrough was on the IR. Zobris is just now getting back in the groove. Then Rizzo's ankle happens. And speaking of Rizzo's ankle, it was awesome to see Tony come back last night, hit a home run. One of the three hits we had against Flaherty last night. That boy was Dylan. He came out to the Undertaker music. That was awesome. A little dramatic, but awesome as well. It fits Tony's personality, so it was great. I saw Rizzo at uh, Wrigley on Tuesday when I went. And I don't know if anybody saw this. I wish I didn't want to take a picture and be that guy. But under his boot, he was, if, if you didn't know, Rizzo was keeping all pressure off his ankle. He was in, in the walking boot, but he had that contraption where you roll around. It's like a scooter. <laughs> you put your knee up, kind of cruise around, and just keep completely all pressure off of it while it's in a walking boot. He had he wrote Tony under the boot. So like when you see the foot, it's hiked up. And when he goes by, you can read the bottom of his foot. And it says Tony under the boot like it said Andy in Toy Story. <laughs> he had the backwards and and everything. So when he rode by me on that, he seemed to be in good spirits. So I was happy to see him back. And, you know, we're going to need him to try to try to make a divisional run, which I think is just St. Louis is just going to be too tough for us to try to run a division, in my opinion. We have a shot, but I'm more I'm I'm looking more at the wild card as, as something plausible that we can do. But it's been like that all year. Every time we 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 get rolling or need to do something, it just hasn't broken our way. Let's talk about Kimbrough. He hasn't it hasn't been a stellar year. <laughs> period a stellar half year and we'll get into that as well came in last night first action in three weeks since coming off the injury and he gives up a go-ahead homer in the 10th he just never got into the season i'm that drops him to 0-3 he just never got into the season it stems from joining the team so late never got in a groove never had spring training this led to a lot of struggles this year for him in my opinion 
And I think a good chunk of that has to land on the Chicago Cubs. Going into the season, we knew we needed a closer or or a feature-type guy in the bullpen. We sat on the decision. We talked about it all year. We talked about it going into the season. We talked about it when we had the bad start. We need something in the bullpen, a feature guy. And we've added people that haven't worked out. Some have, some haven't. But we knew going into the year we needed that marquee guy. And Kimbrell was out there. He was available all spring. We could have signed him, had him in spring training, had him ready to go, had him all year. We don't sign him until June 7th. He doesn't make his debut until 20 days later on June 27th. That's 81 games into the season. For a guy that we could have had on the roster in the early spring. It's tough for guys to get rolling. You throw them in in the middle of the season. Kimbrell's been hurt multiple times. He hasn't had his marquee stuff. He hasn't been able to get people out like he was able to in uh, Boston. And a big part of that is just not being able to get into the season. He played half the year. And that's something that could have been changed if we signed him like we were supposed to early in spring. I don't know the details on how much money we maybe saved or if, if we saved any by, by, by waiting and him holding out and kind of chilling on the sideline until he got his payday. But my guess is it couldn't have been that much money. To miss half the year for essentially a money dispute when we knew we were going to need him is tough to swallow. One thing I'm really pissed off about last night's game is the folks that left when it was 4-1 in the ninth. We're supposed to come back and win that game purely off fuck you strength. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, y'all want to leave in the ninth? We're down 4-1 in the division race? Y'all go ahead. We're going to come back and win this game in the ninth and then in the tenth. Never leave the game early, folks. That's just for suckers. You paid your hard-earned money. Go kick it. Relax. Root for your team to come back. It happens all the time. I know a lot of you clowns are getting free tickets from corporations and all this other shit. Outings. If you're not going to stay the full game, let somebody else go. I'm going to try to get a couple Cubs... Beat writers or some people that are more locked in than me to come on and talk about how we're going to close the season. I look forward to that. But let's jump over to the Chicago Bears. Let's close it out there. My goodness, what a big week. Every week is a big week now. You come out with performances like that on offense, hitting 53-yard field goals at the buzzer to win. Your quarterback's got 120 yards passing. It's a big week every week. (laughs) No no weeks off. No stress-free weeks. We're playing at Washington. They're garbage. A stressful week. Doesn't matter. We can't take anyone for granted. Could we easily blow out Washington on Monday? Of course. I don't see how Washington scores any points. Their defense is shit. We should take care of business, but, man. Monday night, prime time. It's questionable. Every week's a big week. As fucked up as it sounds, it almost makes it 
even more interesting. Like, let's see what Mitch is going to do this week. I'm sure it's fun being a New England Patriots fan, but you know what you're going to get every time you go out there every week. Them boys putting up numbers. They throwing touchdowns. They going to put together a a good overall solid performance on Deano. The Bears? Good luck. The D's going to show up, but good luck on what you're going to see on the offensive side. So it almost makes it more interesting. If you're going to try to tell me you know what the Bears are going to look like on Monday, you're lying because nobody does. Nagy doesn't know because Nagy doesn't trust Trubisky and doesn't he doesn't know what, what Trubisky is going to show up. Is it going to be a good one or is it going to be a mediocre one or is it going to be a bad one? I was looking at the on NFL.com. They have the 1 through 31 quarterbacks in the league. Trubisky is at 27. There's 32 teams in the league. He's coming in at 27. They have him in front of Eli Manning, who doesn't even play anymore. Mason Rudolph, Teddy Bridgewater, which is super suspect because Teddy Bridgewater is a solid quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who doesn't play anymore. And Luke Falk, who's who's the third-string quarterback. They have Garner Minshew ahead of Mitch Trubisky. That's what type of respect we're getting. That's where he deserves to be ranked, though. Simple. Kevin Fishbane on The Athletic wrote a piece this week. Why week three is so crucial for Mitch Trubisky's progress. Go check it out if you haven't already. He essentially lays out, like I said, every week is pivotal now. Especially against really garbage teams like the Washington Redskins. I know everyone in the world had the Cowboys last week. And if you watch that game, Dak absolutely shredded Washington's defense. Everything about the Redskins' defense is pointing towards the Bears should be able to score some points and Trubisky should be able to push the ball downfield. Now, mind you, these numbers, Washington didn't play any slouches. They played Carson Wentz. At Philadelphia with Deshaun Watson, or I'm excuse me, Deshaun Jackson going deep. That's a threat that I don't know if we don't have that threat. Not many people in the league have Deshaun Jackson that could just literally 4-2 speed just run by people and Carson Wentz can throw it deep. But they were no slouches. But all that being said, the Redskins got murdered in the secondary and they don't put pressure on the quarterback whatsoever. Last week, Prescott was 26 of 30 for 269, three touchdowns. He had eight completions, right around 10 plus yards. He was spreading it all over the place. And that's what I'm looking to see from Mitchell Trubisky and Matt Nagy. Let him go, man. If he can play, he can play. If he can't play, he can't play. But let's see it. Let it go. Washington's 29th in the league in sacks per attempt. A.K.A. Mitch should have tons of time to evaluate, looking downfield, finding out who he wants to go to, and hitting that person. This is all set up for Mitch Trubisky to thrive. On first down, bring out the scripted play in the first quarter where he usually shines or shined last year. Third and long, let it fly. 
couple jump, couple things that jumped out. On third down, Trubisky's 9 of 18 for 55 yards. That's 3.1 yards an attempt on third down in the National Football League. That comes out to a 33.3 passer rating. That's only better than Eli Manning, who we mentioned earlier, doesn't play anymore. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who doesn't play anymore. Two quarterbacks that are now on the bench. Washington's last in the league on third down. Wentz and Prescott in week one and two were 15 of 18 on third down, had 11 first downs. Stop it. We should shred these boys. We should shred these boys. And it's even, it's even a bigger deal because it's on national TV. Say what you want. When you play on national TV and you play well, people, people see that. They form opinions on that. The media slants stories off of that. When you have a bad game against the Lions like week four and it's a 12 o'clock Sunday game, that shit can go under the radar a little bit. Come out Monday night against the weak-ass Redskins and have a bad game again? Boy, oh boy, they going to be on your ass. Trubisky in nationally televised games has six touchdown, nine picks for a 61 passer rating. That's not good. But this is such a perfect opportunity to turn that around. It's such a week-to-week league. It would be massive for Trubisky to have a good game on Monday night and just get a, a week of people off his back for a second. He could breathe for a little bit. Because then we have to go play Minnesota. So shit's not getting easier. But it would be nice for him to have a even keel, positive week, a positive reinforcement week. It might just be a Bears quarterback thing on national TV. They just don't play very well. I don't know. We already know what Cutler used to do on national TV. Maybe we they should just we should just run the ball on national TV. Fuck it. <laughs> but this is a perfect opportunity for Mitch to go out there and ball out on a Monday night stage, get the people off his back for one second. People like me. Let it go, Nagy. Let him do his thing. If Mitch shows he can do some things Monday night, it just opens up Nagy's mind. Nagy's mind, his offensive mind, is is super closed right now. He feels like he has to dumb things down. He can't open it up. For example, I know this is extreme, but Andy Reid... He's going to fucking sleep dreaming up shit to run on offense. He's he he's in la he's in la la land. He's he's the happiest guy in the world. He literally is trying to figure out shit that Mahomes can't do. He's like, man, maybe we'll try this shit. 55 yard post corner, let's do that. Just anything. Anything he wants, he's putting in and trying it because. He has so much confidence in his quarterback, and the quarterback has so much ability. He's just trying to do anything, stuff the league has never seen. So on the contrary, Nagy is a great offensive mind, in my opinion. 
but it's super closed off because he's trying to play down to the capabilities of Mitch and Mitch's confidence, and it's it's driving him crazy. If Mitch comes out and torches Washington, Matt will be able to open it up. He'll start to get some confidence, start to open up the playbook, start to design different things, start to open up the floodgates and use all that talent we have on the edge. It's simple. Go out and make some plays. It'll open up. Give him the opportunity to. Let's see if he can do it. Bears Monday night at Washington. It's must-see TV, not because the Bears' offense and the whole squad is just so ridiculous. The D is must-see, and it's must-see because we're going to see what Mitch Trubisky does in a huge game on Monday night because, like I said, every game is going to be huge on the offensive end going forward. No catch-up sports talk via Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little. If you haven't given us a five-star review, go do that. Greatly appreciated. Push this up on the iTunes list. I don't even know if you can review on Spotify, but if you can, bang that too. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, everywhere, man. I am your host, Sean Little. No catch up. Sports Talk via Chicago. Let's get it.